And we're back. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Again, we're always brought to you by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels. Iconic. The culture, the history, the story, the community of Lynchburg, Tennessee. Every single drop of Jack Daniels Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, whether it's the single barrel, the gentleman Jack, the old number seven, the flavors like tennessee fire and apple and honey the new bonded the new triple mash they're all made every drop 100 percent of it is made right there in lynchburg and sold in over 170 countries around the world so keep that in mind they keep it simple but they are 100 percent bound and determined to make it the best they possibly can every day enjoy it responsibly never ever allow underage drinking in our conversation today you know it's going to be about working out fitness and how to stay in the best shapes of our lives, make the best versions of ourselves through our through aging. You can't slow down the hands of time. You think that, but I'm pretty sure that the world clock has been moving at about the same speed for centuries. And it's tough because you look back just a month ago and you felt like, how where'd that month go? And hopefully you're filling those days with a quality of life, but you're staying in shape. So we are in it for the long haul. And that's pretty much what my mission in life has become is to stay in it for the long haul and balance, do things in moderation. And with Jack Daniels, I believe in the same thing. You can have a Jack Daniels. Just enjoy it responsibly. Don't overdo it. We all know that we do once in a while, but for the most part, be responsible with it and take care of yourselves. I have Rob Canaster back on the podcast, Sierra Strength and Speed, and Last time we got into a bunch of different questions, and I think we're going to do the same thing today. Rob, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Your ears a little cut up. My ears cut up. You had a little deal going. A little procedure had to go on. Yes, kind of like you were just saying about, you know, the long haul. I had a little cancer there. We had to take care of it. So it's better you caught it. Correct. We got we it. got lucky. It was very small, but I actually found it. So you know about being diligent and checking yourself out, making sure things are working right and didn't like it, wasn't healing, called people that we know and uh, they said they didn't like it, so let's check it out. And luckily it was basal cell, so not a big deal uh, necessarily, but still cancer nonetheless, right? So gotta take care of that and watch it. Well, use the sunscreen. That's good, you got to. I've had a couple friends that have gotten bad news when they've discovered stuff like that a little bit too late so thankfully you got it early correct when you when you uh look at your life right now you're in your 50s your young 50s early 50s um you've been self admittingly that you don't do a lot of cardio per se like like the traditional cardio of running long distances or biking or treadmills Mm -hmm. stuff you could do indoors or outdoors your style of working out um, is different per client. You figure out what they need and everybody's got different needs. Yep. Um, t- I want to start off the conversation though. Um, when you're in your fifties now and I'm close, I'm 47, you start to get into that point in our lives. I guess that's midlife or something like that. Maybe. Um, why don't you believe in more of the traditional quote unquote cardio? Um, I don't like to run. It's boring. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as good when I'm done. It's hard for me to get past certain thresholds, but I do like to bike. I like the arm mm-hmm. bike, the yep. ar- you know, moving your arms and legs. But you've talked to me many times about, you know, 
45 minute workouts, 60 minute workouts, workouts, interval training, strength training, Mm -hmm. keeping the heart rate up, bringing it down. Will that burn the same amount of calories in the long run? And I want you to end it by applying it to weight loss. Okay. Do you need traditional cardio to lose weight? Because if you're working out your style, I'm thinking, man, you're putting on muscle. Muscle Mm -hmm. weighs more than fat. Yep. Do we got to quit looking at the scale for a poundage and just look at what how we feel and how we look in the mirror and knowing that, hey, I might weigh 200 and something pounds, mm-hmm. but I don't look like that guy that weighs 200 and something pounds. Right. You know what I mean? Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Again, a lot of questions. Lots okay, of let's see where I can go first. So I think when I first got into the field, Chad, two things were very separate, right? Lifting weights was on one side and cardiovascular activity was on the other. And they were complete opposites, right? Your athletes needed to train and get their endurance up and run distance before the season started to work on endurance. And really, at that time, weights were bad. So, you know, basketball players shouldn't lift. They'll screw up their shot. Golfers shouldn't lift. It'll, you know, tighten them up. They won't be able to hit the ball. So so really, two separate worlds. And then as you start getting into it, as I started getting into it, things changed and really I just always liked the weights because as you mentioned I'm not a big distance runner it wasn't my thing I'm a I'm a fairly bigger guy I think running is hard on my body I just feel that way that's me but the other thing that happened Chad is we were talking about training the athletes and and really why would you want to take your basketball player per se who's got to run 90 feet and train him on the track to run three or four laps because he cannot run three or four laps at 90, 95, 100%. He's got to learn to run 90 feet at 100%. So we started to train, train the athlete like they're going to play, right? So why do we want to take our, you know, basketball person and train them on the track? It's not the same thing. Now, our distance runners that need to run, they're going to have to put in some mileage, right? they get into breakdown issues there too. So so for me, a lot of times, the long distance running has been a lot of overuse training, okay? If you want to run, if you need to run, if you're going to run a mile in, in time, then we got to work on that. If you're going to play basketball, we better work on high high speed training and get very efficient at it and, and be stronger there. And so that's where that came from. Now, the interval stuff, what's really nice about the intervals is you can do some of the same intensity with weightlifting, right? So you can get the heart rate up. You can get the, you know, as you increase those reps, if it's a full body exercise, your heart rate's going to be the same as it was if you were just going full on sprint, okay? So the the endurance aspect of a, of a short duration lifting is very similar to a sprint. So the mechanics there are similar in terms of what it's doing, heart rate and volume. And so with that you can get some good calorie burn and where people go wrong with the intervals a lot of times is they don't put enough rest in between so for example sometimes people will go back to back to back on the exercises get their heart rate up but it's really that dropping of the heart rate and the recovery where you get the fat burning effect of it and get the heart rate down so you can put out a better of you know next set when you go back to it rather than just losing endurance as you go through so that's where the interval stuff comes in and then most of my people are similar to you they want to maintain their lean tissue they want to keep their weight the same they want to get some cardio benefits and so that's where the interval training comes in i don't want to i don't want to sit there with one of my clients and watch him jog for 30 minutes 
I think that's a very ineffective training session, number one. Number two, if they need to get a little cardio for whatever they're doing, they could do that on their own. I don't want to spend that time. I think it's a waste of their time and a waste of my time. Let's do something that's going to be productive along the way. So when you start talking about your clients and you and you related me to most of them with our desires and mm-hmm. needs and wants, will you get better results by mixing the two? Like if I took four days a week and went and did an extra 30 or 45 minutes of cardio, is that a dumb question? Is it obvious that, yeah, you're going to burn more calories, you're going to lose weight, but will that cardio session destroy my muscle build for the week? So there's, there's some uh, questions out there regarding that. And, and again, we've talked about it before. I would rather see you do a 20 minute bout versus a 40 minute bout. And the reasoning there is, as you start to increase that endurance, the efficiency of that workout goes down, meaning your body starts to wonder how long it's going to be doing that. And so it starts to preserve a little bit. So I think ultimately it'd be better to get you up and moving you, for example, get you up and moving twice during the day maybe once you jump on that arm bike and go hard for 20 minutes and another time you go out for a leisurely walk or whatever but just getting moving those two bouts are going to be better than one longer bout so again we're made to move and a lot of times the problem with us is we don't move enough and so breaking up our day with moving more often can be way more beneficial in terms of making changes and progress down the road. And and for me, a lot of people are in time constraints, right? So 45 minutes for you to sit on a bike may not be good. Now, can we get 15 minutes here and maybe another 15 minutes later? That 30 minutes twice might be as effective as a 45 minutes sitting there for a longer duration, just kind of plugging away. That makes total sense. And you're saying that if you did choose to do the cardio part of it, mm-hmm. you're telling me straight up, that I can get benefit out of a 20 minute cardio workout. Now I'm not applying it to like just getting up and saying, I want to move my body. I know that that's all good and it's, it helps prevent a lot of injuries. It helps mm-hmm. prevent a lot of stuff, stiffness, yep. you know, it can help with blood pressure, getting, getting your body moving helps with everything. Yep. But as far as the session goes, mm-hmm. you would tell me 20 minutes to suffice for me to want to lose a little bit of weight, but mm-hmm. I want to add on muscle. I want to look good. I want to feel good. I don't yep. want to be soft. I don't want to be flabby. Yep. I don't want to be weak. Yep. Um, so you're saying that 20 minutes is a good amount of time expanded to get a benefit of cardio. Mm-hmm. Do you have to push it hard for the 20 minutes or do you get in the yeah. fat burning zone? Yeah, you want, to, you want to work it a little bit. So, what, well, fat burning zone is the low zone, yeah, right? So, so that's, for that's me. the easier zone. Actually, probably for you, probably a little lower. Probably you're going to be in the 130s and, and down is would be your best fat burning zone because my guess is 140 145 chad you're going to be in that mid zone and then the upper zone is that extreme push so like if we if we put on a 10 scale your zero to four would be that fat burning zone your five to seven would be that middle zone and your eight nine and ten would be that high zone so we want to ultimately in that 20 minutes we want to hit the each of those zones a little bit okay because the more time you spend in your fat burning zone the more you learn how to burn fat, but it's way more efficient after that extreme eight, nine, 10 push hard for a minute, then get it into that fat burning zone because the downside of staying in the fat burning zone for 20 minutes is your calorie burn is about half of what it could be by getting into those other zones. So by getting into the other zones, you push your calorie burn and then dropping it down into the fat burning zone, you teach your body how to utilize fat 
for an energy source versus just staying there the whole time. Okay, so then apply that same theory of the three different levels of heart rate. Okay. You have your fat burning zone, which was mm-hmm. the five, six, and seven. No, lower. That's, oh, your, lower that's your low. That's your fat yeah. burning zone. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you have your mid range, then you have your high intensity high explosiveness. Yep. So the way that we work out now, mm-hmm. I want you to apply it to that those same three zones. We're hitting all of those in Correct. our workout, our Correct. warm-ups, our explosive drills, our yeah. pull-throughs. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we're doing. Um, are you going to be able to lose weight with this type of workout, or is this type of workout designed to maintain where I'm at and make it look better for the pounds that I have on me? Ultimately, both, right? Because we're still trying to maintain lean tissue we're we're doing squats with weight we're doing push-ups we're doing pull-ups so we're we're getting some weight training and we might be pushing more like 8 10 12 reps depending on what we're doing but we're also spending some time recovering in between to burn some fat and then we're doing some endurance exercises like the ropes or throwing a med ball or something like that that's kind of more in that mid-range depending on how many reps we're doing right we definitely can push into the higher zone with those but by doing each of those we're getting a little fat burn we're building muscle and we're, we're burning calories ultimately some of those workouts chad we might burn eight or nine hundred calories pretty easy so that's better than just sitting there on the bike doing cardio right we're, we're getting some weight training we're getting some endurance work and we're burning some fat so ultimately that's to me what's most efficient and then we tweak it a little bit depending on the person's goals if it's a sport where we might be working on how they run or how they move and doing certain things there or football we might be doing a little bit more strength but ultimately we're, we're trying to do all the prep work around that sport for you and i it's maintenance it's keeping the fat down keeping the lean tissue up it's kind of keeping that base there and getting a little bit more so apply the same theory now to somebody okay. or apply it to me back in 1993, 92, when I wanted to be everything in sports. Okay. Signing scholarships to go play baseball. We were winning state championships in football. We were winning the local weightlifting contest here that went on for two, you know, a decade and a half. Um, But I was in pain. My, my, my power clean form probably wasn't as good to try to throw the weight around that I was. Mm -hmm. My deadlifts were, I was being dumb in the weight room and deadlifts. (laughs) <laughs> is the theory changed on how to train oh, yeah. the younger high school athlete now and it's more of the style that I'm seeing in your gym? Or yeah, should it be? Yes and no. You're seeing a broad spectrum, okay? Because back in the day, Chad, all the lifting really came from two, two, um, two platforms. It was some of the power lifting with the deadlift, the clean, the bench, and it was bodybuilding. So, so your football athletes... We're kind of doing, building a routine off of that, right? The sports science has changed tremendously. And now some coaches, and and especially as we trickle it down into the high school, some of those coaches are doing either what they learned in high school or college, and they're just passing it down. Some of them may have gone to a real progressive college where they were doing more explosive movements and maybe using a med ball or a kettlebell instead of a, a, a bar. And so they're getting more advanced there. But I think you're seeing the whole spectrum, but you hit on a, a key point for me is, is I think so many times when you look at a high school lifting program or even a college lifting program, the, a lot of times the goal or the emphasis is on the weight. Well, when we talk about training power, power is how much weight you move and how quickly you move it. So for example, somebody sitting on a bench press who moves 
200 pounds in half a second, their power output is 400 pounds. So you're taking the 200 and multiplying it by a half a second. So they're moving 200 pounds in half a second equals 400 pounds. Same kid does 250, but it takes him a full second to do it. His power output's only 250. So ultimately, as we start to train some of these power athletes, sometimes moving less weight and getting very good at driving that weight fast is more functional or more athletic-like than driving that big weight. And a lot of times in our high school kids, if they're breaking form or their technique is poor, then they're breaking down, right? So, so they're using their back to squat. When it's not made to squat, it's made to stabilize in between the pelvis and the rib cage, right? It's just trying to stabilize. They're putting all this weight on. Their legs aren't doing it. Their back's doing it. Ultimately, their back's breaking down. They may not be getting as much out of that exercise, number one. Number two, now they can't perform on the field because their back's bugging them. So, so those are kind of things that we look at. And I don't do a ton of heavy lifting with my guys because my high school kids, so let's say I see a high school football player right now, I'm trying to build that base, right? I want them to squat really good knowing that they may go to their high school and be required to squat 225 or something like that. I want their technique to be pristine. So when they go in there, they can do that weight and it's pretty clean and they don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get that 225. They can do it. And if they need to go up from there, great. But but ultimately, a lot of times, pushing more weight doesn't make you a better athlete. So now I want to fast forward now with your clients. I guess most of your clients are 40s and 50s. Yeah, Would that we, be fair to say? A, well, we have a mix. So we've probably got about an even amount of high school and, and college age training athletes. Okay. They're just not as in the gym are, when I'm in there. Yeah, I need to be as, in the gym when they're are. in there. <laughs> so when you start to take that same theory now and you talk about moving more weight, mm-hmm. when you get into our age groups, mm-hmm. is it okay to do that still once in a while um, to be – explosive to throw more weight around the form is everything technique is everything but is it okay once in a while to try to i don't know for lack of better terms max out to see where you're at in your 40s or would you say don't worry about that you don't even need to worry about pushing heavy weight again yeah i don't need to go put four plates on each side and try to do a parallel squat anymore right right Right? i just don't need it what do i need that for in life right i'm not trying to make the combine or make the major leagues anymore right so would you tell me just stop don't even think about ever wanting to have a day of where you try to get your personal bests on any kind of lift. I think as long as you've been prepped, you're okay, right? So so I think where most of us get into a, a trouble with that, Chad, is we haven't done anything in a while and then we go do it, right? So we haven't, we haven't ran a sprint and then we challenge our buddy to a 40-yard sprint and we blow an Achilles. Now, if you've been working on it and doing stuff to prep for that, you might be able to do it. It's, it's good to have goals, right? It's good to have things that challenge you and push you and keep you going. Um, now, would we squat with four plates on it? I'd, I'd have to ask you, why are we doing this? What, you know, are, are the cameras running? Are we trying to impress somebody? Are we ready for it? Have we, have we done the three plates and we killed it and now we're going to go up? Sure, maybe. But ultimately, if, if we haven't been prepping for that, I guess my question would be, what are your goals? What are we trying to get to? Why do we want to do that? And can we do it safely? Because the bottom line is, you hurt yourself, what's going to happen, right? Then you're not training, you're eating wrong, all of a sudden you're putting weight on, you've got to rehab this injury, that ain't fun, 
right? So I'd rather I'd rather steady the course. And what I tell some of my athletes sometimes when I'm working on an injury or whatever, I'm like, we're plotting a course. We're going up a couple steps a week, nice and easy. And yeah, you've got a buddy who's doing something crazy. And yeah, he may, may have taken four or five steps this week. But if something goes wrong in that training period and he gets hurt, he's all the way down at the bottom. And now we're on step 15 because we've just been plodding along nice and smooth for our goal date of this. So, so that's, to me, again, it's about training smart rather than training really hard and doing something along the way that breaks us down and ruins us. How, besides the physical results, okay. like I'm a guy that wants to know, like where do you match up with the average or the mm-hmm. national you know, age group that you're in? Okay. Obviously, there's probably data out there, but mm-hmm. what would you tell me? Like... Where would you tell me you need to be? Like you see me do push-ups a few days a week. Yep. Am I am I in the right zone, or is there something that tells me like you need to be able to do sixty push-ups without stopping with perfect form? Okay, without getting out of your plank position. Like I know there's tests like this in the military. I know there's tests like this in different workout things that are around the country. Mm-hmm. But is there something that I should be looking at? Of like, well, I did I did that many push-ups with good form. My heart rate was up. I, I took mm-hmm. a short rest in between my my exercise before the push-ups. Is there something that you base that kind of evaluation on? To where you're looking at an athlete and you go, I can get more out of him or her. They're right where they need to be at their age group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, totally. So. There are some standards. Most of those standards, though, Chad, are for they're they're below our age group, right? So they're they're those college kids. They're the young military, even the firemen. They've they've kind of extrapolated some numbers out, but sometimes they don't test those guys once they've been in the service for ten or fifteen years. Do I think they they should keep their standards up? Hell yeah, right? right? Because they're the ones who are coming into the burning house and and they got you know they may have to wheel you or me out or whatever. They better be in shape, right? Now, a lot of those standards drop off. Do I have my own standards kind of going off that? Yeah, oh yeah, I think, I think now, 60 push-ups in a, in a minute would be, I'd be pretty impressed if somebody did real 60 push-ups, right? But right. You, for you and I, I go, if we can stay between 25 and 35 and we're not breaking good technique, I'd put us in the 90th percentile for our age. So so there are some of those numbers that we can kind of take out. And, and yeah, there are some areas where I think people should be. Now, I've got a couple of female clients. I've got one, for example, who's 16. She can do 20 legit push-ups, 20, 25. And you said she was 60 years old? 60, wow, yeah. that's legit. Right. So Is she's, that the brunette she's that I see in there once in a while? Real early in the morning, she yeah. She does the Stairmaster before yep. me? Yep. Yeah, yep. she's strong. Yeah, so she does really good, right? Now, but females getting to 10, 15, 20 push-ups, not easy. But if they get Why is that real quick before you go on? Okay. Why have girls had a hard time with being able to... I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I'm just wondering why... No, now, I'm not saying there's not there's females a, out there, but if you yeah. take my daughter at 11 and put yeah. her up against an 11-year-old boy... She might win. Really? Yeah, at 11. Right? Because girls are a little stronger... But their form and the technique is a part of it, too. Yeah. Do, yeah. A lot but, of times at that age. So a lot of times at that age, Chad, we're just trying to get their core well, stronger Anna, so they can example, get in a good push-up. Anna's a strong girl. Yep. And yep. she came into your gym and was like, I can't do push-ups. Right. But and I'm we not called trying, her out, and she did. But I'm, I'm not trying to say that girls or women can't do push-ups, no. Rob. I'm no. simply saying... It's it's a little tough. Is that a weaker part of the female body? Is that upper deltoid or chest? Or the deltoid in the upper it's, chest and stuff? No. It's. It, I think it's honestly, it's two things. So... 
men and women are different, right? Men, men run testosterone through their body, and so they develop more lean tissue. They, they have more strength. It's just goes back, who knows, how many thousand years, right? But I think the other thing, when you look at training, most women want to train their legs, they right? Do, they they, they want their pushing. legs to look better. So they work their legs. Most guys don't want to do cardio. So they, they go in and do the bench press. If the ladies train their upper body, they can get there and they can do 25, 30 push-ups no like, like us. It's just going to take some work, right? They, they, females typically don't go in, go in and go to the bench press, right? The guys migrate to the upper body. The ladies tend to migrate to the legs. If they train there, they could definitely get there. For body weight... It, it might take a little longer, you know, for a female to get there, but they can definitely get there. Look at the, look at the gymnasts who train daily. Their body weight strength blows you and I away, you it's know, for, for pull-ups and, and so mainly tipping pull-ups and The dips. main reason, though, is because they really don't do push-ups. I think, a I lot think of it's women more don't training. Yeah. So ultimately, it's, it's their training. Now, are they made to typically, right, you know, don't want to block everybody out, made to carry as much weight as a, a male counterpart? No. But so that's part of the issue. But if they really trained, there's some of these ladies who are, you know, I had a female who wanted to play college baseball way back. And she, I didn't know this early on, but I started working with her when she was 11. She was a smaller female. She played baseball, right? A lot of, a lot of young girls will play baseball uh, with their brothers or the dad's a coach and they'll play baseball instead of softball. And I asked her at one point, I'm like, okay, when are you, because she was pretty good. I'm like, okay, when are you going to convert over to softball so you can get a scholarship? She's like, I want to play softball. She wanted nothing to do with softball, period. And so I'm like, okay, then we'll just keep training for baseball. So she went to Reno High School and had a little trouble there as she worked her way up. And then she went over to Wooster and the coach was like, you know, they, the question was, can I make the varsity? He's like, if you're as good as my other guys, why wouldn't you make the varsity? So I, I compliment this guy. He, he, she made varsity. She pitched in games. She actually went on and played college baseball. She got the first hit in college baseball for a female. This was probably uh, 2007 or eight. She was the first female to get a college hit in baseball since playing. since 1990. So there was a female, I think, in Arizona who had who had done it in in like 1990. So she was the first female to get a hit in college baseball in 25 years. But her goal, so so could she play baseball? Sure. Now was she is she never was a big strong athlete. You know, she just that wasn't her build. She was a 125 soaking wet you know so could she throw as hard off the mound as a male no she she lacked a couple of things there that gave her that speed but could she compete she she definitely did she did so i mean i never got a college baseball scholarship so she beat me out right for right for playing baseball so, i remember her when she went to wooster and played for malcolm i really yep, do remember those yep, days yep, yep. do you do you think that as you start to talk about you know your clients and i'm i'm transitioning back to your your ideology and training do you think that the from a to z the 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 beginning of a warm-up all the way through the end of the workout is there a certain amount of reps do we worry mm -hmm. about reps now because you talked about cardio and you mm -hmm. go into cardio and you say well 20 minutes is good you don't need mm -hmm. 40. Mm -hmm. well you get a lot more steps in in 40 minutes than you do 20 but you can also yep. up the incline you can up you know your output can be a lot more if you do it right on yep. depending on what you're working out on yep. like a level 10 on the 
the Kaiser bike isn't the same as level 15 or 17. It kicks right. your ass. Right. But do you look at reps in that time period? I'm not saying that you want to rush through a workout and you mm-hmm. know, you want I know you want your clients reps to be quality, yep. but do we need more reps the older we get to keep that muscle tissue in the shape that we want it in? Or will it be suffice of doing low reps with a, you know, a moderate amount of weight, or do we want a lower weight with higher reps is my gotcha. question. Gotcha. So that's, uh, that's a good question. And I, and I think initially when I look at it, Chad, I kind of have an idea in my head of where we're going, right? How many, how many reps it's going to be. And ultimately it, you are looking at sets, reps, and how much weight you move, right? Those are, those are all constant variables. Most people look at those. Another one I like to throw in, which a lot of people don't do is range of motion. So for example, when we talk about, we go way back and look at pushups. Somebody does a half a push-up rep, right? To me, it's not a push-up, right? right? So, so again, range of motion is a factor because now we're moving 200 pounds, 16 inches instead of 8 inches. That's a bigger deal. Bench press, range of motion. So I train my clients. I, I want full range of motion. Lunges all the way down knee, just an eighth of an inch above the floor, right? We don't need to hit the floor. So range of motion is a variable too. So you hit it right there at the end. Quality presides over quantity every time so yeah we might be driving for a certain number but i'm i'm thinking in my head okay we're gonna do 12 reps of this ball slam and all of a sudden we get to eight and we're just dropping off we might stop at 10 i'm like whoa because 10 good ones to me is better than 14 half reps or you're bending at the back you're not moving the weight right it doesn't look good right our body remembers good performance and to me whether you're hunting or golfing or swinging a baseball bat, if you're doing bad reps all the time, that's what your body understands and recognizes. And now your, your posture at the plate is slouched and you don't sit up as tall. You're not getting as full of a swing. Those things make a big difference when we get into playing our sport or doing our endeavor. So again, quality there. Now, at the end, you talked about heavier weight, lighter weight, more reps. It really depends on what you want to do. Most of my clients in our age range don't care about getting big anymore, but they want to maintain their lean. And we know, you know, I know, if I take a week off, I don't feel the same as if I was in the gym on Monday and Tuesday. You know, it just just doesn't feel right. And so, so the maintenance is probably not as hard as building it ultimately, but you've got to do some of it. I'm I, I'm just going to say for most of my clients, Chad, it's not about how much weight we're moving. It's about doing it right, picking a weight that's good, that challenges us. But we're looking at somewhere right around that 8 to 10 rep range versus we're going to do five really hard reps. Now, in my class, my adult class, sometimes we do a strength day and we just go, okay, we're going to do a set of eight, a set of six, and we're going to finish at a set of four to six. You know, and, and we go hard just to mix it up a little bit, just to challenge the system. But again, at four to six, I'm not, I'm not looking for a one rep max by any means. So if you're thinking of that eight to t- 10, 12 rep, are you filling that hour with as many exercises as you can. How important are the rest stations to the overall result of leanness, muscle mass, um, strength? How important are the, because you say sleep Mm -hmm. is important. You got to rest, you got to recover. So how important are those recovery stations 
during that workout in between the actual sets? They're just as important. They're just they really as important. Are. Yeah. So now and talk about the importance of how you, how you, I get, what's the word I'm looking for? How you practice better technique during a rest session with posture, uh, breathing. Mm-hmm. There's things that you've taught me that, that you can get a lot more out of a rest station than just bent over, you know, True. trying to get your breath back. True. Um, yeah, that's, it's a tricky question, but you know, ultimately let's say we're just going to, let's say we're just going to go on and, and do some bench. Okay. You and I, we're going to do four or five sets of bench. Okay. If we're going pretty hard and we're taxing the system in, in that, let's say it's probably going to be 20 seconds, right? We do eight really hard reps, 20 seconds. It's like running a 150 meters or, you know, hundred meters. Okay. If we don't get good recovery, what's our second set going to be like? Okay. Right. So our quality is dropping. So we've, we've got to recover if we want that second set to be intense and kind of going back to something you, you kind of kicked me into, you alluded to was um, we typically will start the workout with harder exercises. So if my goal for the day is to really do a little bit of strength work or, or for example, I'm doing a basketball player and we really wanna jump, we're gonna start with that. We're not gonna finish there conditioning wise. Okay, so we wanna, we want when the nervous system, when we really wanna go, then we want it to be early on in that workout because we know it's gonna fatigue and it's not gonna get as much out of it. Going back to what you're saying there, that rest, period should be a focused rest right i mean if we're if we're really working on a clean or a bench we've got to be focused in the weight room right we we got to put the phone away we got to be prepped we hopefully had a good night's sleep we've eaten our right meal and we're going to just go at it that day and and so hopefully we've put everything in place and when we're resting if we're really going at it hopefully we're thinking about what we're going to do next not what's playing on the radio, not who's blowing up our phone. We've got to be in the mode to train. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I work with my guys when we work with our young volleyball athletes is getting their mindset right. You know, we're trying to get them, hey, listen, for the next hour, you don't need your phone. We need, I, I just want 50 minutes. Give me 50 minutes. I'll tell you, give me 45. And the last five, we can roll and stretch and do a little yoga thing. But give me your attention here because that's, that where the brain is is, is is as effective as what's going on with the workout, right? So hopefully, hopefully no, that great, answers your question. You, you brought up another great point about the youth. Um, when I was coming up in sports, when we were, you know, I went to, I guess you could say, a football school. Yeah. You know, that's what McQueen yeah, was. you did. Um, there was a lot of emphasis on the weight room there. Yep. It was pride. It was Lancer pride. Mm-hmm. It was, you know – Bigger, faster, stronger was yep. the program we followed. Yep. Commitment to excellence. I mean, you can. I could sit here and go off on Coach Dalton sayings and yep. Coach Ken Cass all day long. But we looked forward to it. Like we loved weight training. Like it was morning weights for football, and it was throwing weight around and pushing weight. And Joe Sellers was over at Wooster, and they were doing the same thing. Hurley would win the competition every year. Cudworth would win the competition. Jake Seller. There was some studs over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it still like that in youth sports? Or it, do kids get up for weights like we did? Like my daughter literally is like, I don't like weights. And I know she's young. Kathy, <laughs> right. and 11 right. is kind of young. But I, I'm telling I told her the other day, I, I want you to start focusing on, on that because as you in, as you mature, I'm never going to take the fun out of it for her, But as mm-hmm. you mature into this mm-hmm. and you want to be a competitor, you have to be strong. And then we went over to Moulton and talked to Melissa. And Melissa's first words out of her mouth, you got to be 
strong. You got to yeah. train with weights. Do kids or high school kids even do they look forward to that throwing the weight around like we did back in the nineties? Because I've I've been away from it, so I'm asking honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I don't see it as much as I did back then. Right. Um. It, it's not as evident, were, but again, I'm not it. around it. Yeah. Um. You know, I I personally think there's there's two sides of that. There are some kids who are really into it and who who want to get better and who know that the way to get better is is through training and and honing their craft. And then there are some kids who who I see who would definitely rather be on their phone. I'm like, get rid of that thing. We, I just want, I just want 50 minutes of your attention. You don't need the phone. And, and I don't know, Chad, it's hard to say. It's, it, it probably, it's still 50, 50, you know, it, it'd be a tough one to, to bet on. But I think, I think some of the kids as they mature, your daughter's pretty young right now, as they get to 16, 17, if they know they want to play in college, then some of them can turn it on. But but I've had some other kids who who the coach wants them to train, and I'm not so sure they want to train. You know, the coach is like, hey, you need this. This is what's going to get you to the next level. And sometimes if their head's not in it, it's it's a tough fight for us. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, like, with the all of the interruptions now, when we were in – when I was growing up, and you, I hate trying to sound like the old man in the room, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> we didn't have these phones. Mm. We didn't have – interruptions at all to where we can constantly be filling our brains with something instead of what weights were to us and sports were Mm -hmm. to us. I know that sports are still very big and popular, but I was just wondering if like something has taken the place of the actual weight room. Because in society now, because of technology, mm-hmm. a lot of things have replaced the gym. Where, in my yeah. opinion, you can't get what you can get in a gym on a Peloton. But you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. obvious. People are getting it. Yes. But, like, you, yes. we didn't have any of that stuff really going on. Right. Unless you wanted to do Jane Fonda's jazzercise, right? right? And put the headband right. on with Richard Simmons. Yeah. But now you can get state-of-the-art workouts at home, yep. online. Go watch you or some trainer online that's got this online program. I'm just wondering if the weight room is not validated by a lot of the younger generations coming up, just like a lot of the shit that we did yeah. growing up isn't isn't the same to a lot of them. Yeah, no, it's it's a it, it's a tricky one because I do think there are way more distractions. I mean, I know a lot of the kids who come in. If I get them in the morning, they've stayed up watching Netflix on their phone, right? So so their sleep is not great. Um, they're watching a a lighted device which keeps the brain wired so that they probably don't get into deep REM sleep um so uh, some of that has to come from the parents going hey phone's done at 10 30 you're in bed before midnight you're up at eight you know and just keep them on a routine right I, I think a routine is critical and and the earlier you learn a routine the better you are and and i still tell that to some of my kids you know that we'll sleep in late i'm like get up get moving get in the shower get on a routine and and uh I think I think it's hard for some of these kids. The the distractions are there. They're easily accessible, and uh, you know I don't know that any of them are all that great for them. Um, well, but our, I, I do think that some of them com- struggle. Our kids coming out of high school, Rob, and going into that next level of college ball, are today's athletes better than they've ever been? In your opinion, from what you see, because you're around, you've been through all of these decades. You yeah. you went to school in the '80s. Yeah, <clears throat> you started your your what, what 90s, your student teaching training, and mm-hmm. and student training and all that yep. in the 80s and late 80s 90s 90s yeah then you saw college athletes for a lot of years mm-hmm. 
you're training personally training and private training athletes now mm -hmm. your private training teams and and clubs now mm -hmm. are athletes better today than they were when i was an athlete i guess once you're an athlete you're always an athlete I, they say I, but are I they better today than they were when we were in high school now, I know that there was a, tough kids a, back there's then. There's a difference, yeah. Is so, there a difference? So though? my thing, and again, there's no absolutes, right? So, so you, we take ten kids, and you might go, five of those kids are old school, right? They just they just drop their phone, they don't need it, and they go whatever. I think I think the tools that the athletes have now can better prepare them for some of these sports. You know, there's a lot more. You can. I mean, you look at the sports science on ESPN and you can see some of the biomechanics and some of that stuff that you didn't know. And so there's definitely some knowledge out there. You can get on YouTube and see some really good training videos. Um, so I think that's there. I, I mean, when, when I was growing up, I, I thought weights would help me get to another level. And I look back now, I'm like, no, it's all, it's all speed. So, so we teach a lot of speed with our athletes, right? I think older athletes, when we look back, we're tougher. There was a bigger mental toughness. They knew how to just put the work in and get to a certain point. So I think I think you're looking at a separation that the the training uh, tools and accessories are are way improved now. I think overall the work ethic was better back in the day, because and I and I think of, oh, I and I don't think that that's just you and I looking at it being the old guys in the room going, well, yeah, we were way tougher. I, I think that's, I, I think there's some truth to that. Now, you take the young kids and there's still, I, I've had a couple of kids, one who finished playing five or six years ago. He was a, just a tough kid, you know, and played football. So he, you had to be tough. And so, so he, out of his group, he might've been one of the exceptions. So I think you still have exceptions. Right, but I, I, I think it's it's very different. You're, so you're looking those at interruptions that groups. we're talking about that are a lot of those interruptions are the same technology that are giving us the ability to train better today, train more specific parts of our body. But mm -hmm. the kids that have the mental apathy or the mental attitude capacity to be old school or to stay focused and use this for what it's worth mm -hmm. to become a better athlete, they're prevailing. But if yeah. you took athletes that we were built like. Like if you took Dan Avancino, who is one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen, boxing, wrestling, football, he kicked the shit out of anybody I ever know in a street fight, and you put him in today and he stayed the course and didn't let mm -hmm. all of this stuff interrupt him, mm -hmm. he would probably be a better athlete than he was with yeah. the medical research, the science science, yeah. science in, in the room now, yeah. and the technology that goes into training. Yeah. Like he would have a, a head start almost. I think yeah. But because of all these interruptions that come along with all this great technology, mm -hmm. a lot of kids are having a, whole, a hard time harnessing it and applying it. Well, you is what you're it, trying to say, you, right? You think, yeah, exactly. You think about it. They, they, I mean, even if you just spent two hours a day on your phone, that's two hours. You could be in the weight room, on the field, and maybe they're watching some videos of a football player running the 40 and picking some things up, right? But they might be screwing around for an hour and a half of that versus – being in the weight room, making a protein shake instead of grabbing a quick fix. You know, so so I think that's where that shift is, you know, is that, that there's some wasted time. And not we we wasted some time, right? I'm sure. Not but we didn't have we didn't have the access I mean you were you were trying to be creative and come up with ways of working out, you know. You, you didn't have yeah. some of these things you're like, well I can I can go out there and use that pole. I'm gonna go try a couple pull ups and 
you know, kids these days may not do that. They're, they're hanging out in their room. I wonder and, what it would be like in a D1 football program now if the athletes are like cream of the crop. Obviously, the recruiting classes are. Mm-hmm. But are they the same as the recruiting classes when – Brian Bosworth was at Oklahoma or Barry Sanders was at Oklahoma State. You know, like, I wonder, like, if you put those teams up against a team back then, what the outcome would be. Mm-hmm. And maybe even not even that far back. Maybe just like Peyton at Tennessee, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football, mm-hmm. and you put him up against these Heisman Trophy winners today, like the kid, the Joe kid, Luzon, what was it? Joe what from LSU that went? Burrow. Uh, yeah, Burrow. Burrow. Um, mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, are they – the badasses that we were used to to seeing i don't know like i don't know because there's a yeah. lot of there's a they got to be right to be yeah. playing division one well sec I, football i still i still use this guy as an example all the time because i was lucky when i was with the niners and he was there but jerry rice was was he the fastest no was he the uh you know there's a couple of set was he the biggest no i mean he was a small guy out of a small school but he learned how to run the most crisp route to create some separation and get open. And once he did, it was trouble. But was he the, one of the fastest guys? So, no, but his work ethic was bar none. I mean, it was it was great to be around him because his work ethic was through the roof. And it showed in what he created, right? So it can still be created with some of these young kids. I just think that there aren't as many of them putting in that time and effort has their work. Or were willing enough back willing then. to put in the work. Yeah. Just like in society. You gotta work. A lot right? of these there's, employers there's are no looking quick for fix. people to work and they're having a hard time finding employees. <laughs> True. I wonder if it's in the, the same in the weight room and, and Yeah. And the yeah, yeah. Do you find it harder as a trainer to keep your younger girls and younger boys' attention? I've seen baseball players in there, I've seen football players in there, volleyball players, um, other athletes as well. Are they no, are they harder no, to train these no, today? No, I, I think what I what I tell my guys, you know, I've been doing it for a while, so I, I, I think I have a few of the tricks down. What I tell my guys is find out what drives them, right? Because that's that's ultimately what makes a good coach is you've got to get buy-in from the athlete. Now, are they a tougher group to get buy-in from? Yeah, without a doubt. But once you get them there, if you can figure out what motivates them, whether we do a little group challenge or, okay, who can do the best in this today or find something that will get them driven – that's that's our job, right, is to, to figure out what's going to drive them. Some of the kids come in and are self-motivated, and when you take that big group, you know, you got 10 kids, right? Three really want to work, five are kind of hanging in the middle, and two don't want to do anything. Those two can ruin the whole group. So it's trying to make sure you get a nice blend or you separate one of them out or separate the two from each other to get them to all work. That's our challenge. And, and it, can it be a challenge? Definitely. Is, is it harder than it was back in the day? Yeah, probably a little bit. I, I think I think the discipline that we were brought up with was a little higher than it is now. So, is it, I, is it I, I tested think. your patience big time as a as a trainer, or are you laid back enough to accept it and you can adapt to what they if, need to be successful? If if it happens, honestly, if it happens more than a couple times, I'll ask the kid, "Do you want to be here?" Because if you don't want to be here, I got somebody else who does. You know, so ultimately, I'll have that conversation. And if mom and dad don't like it, I, I've got clients, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight with them. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make them do an exercise. It's like the slogan I want to put on the board now is the coaches can't want it more than you, right? Because sometimes I feel like I'm working harder than the athlete. That's not gonna help them. So I gotta have that conversation. Hey, do you want to be here? Because if not, I, I can go do something else. 
you can go do something else. I'm happy to tell your parents we're not the place or you know you can go jump rope on your own at home. So I, I've had that conversation before. But ultimately, that's one of the yes or no one of the slogans softer, I want to put on the board. Are athletes softer today than they were in the I 90s? I think so. I honestly do. You do? I do. I do. I, I put it this way. I lived with back pain, Chad, for 10 years and just figured out how to work through it. And I got kids now who come in and go, my back pain's a 10. I'm like, no, getting shot with, you know, in the knee or, or something like that, that's a 10. Your back pain could be a six, seven, eight, but I'm not giving you a 10. 10, 10 means you're going to ER. That's that's yeah. a 10, right? You're, you're either knocked out unconscious, <laughs> you're going to ER, that's a 10. You got a boo-boo on your finger, that's a three. That's that's not a 10 you can't play. We had to play through stuff. Right. Some of these kids have never had to play through stuff, which is good and bad, right? I mean, I'm okay being the athletic trainer going, no, that's that's not smart at this point. But there's also the bump on the knee, you fell down and guess what? Guess what, you need to get up and run that off. You're, you're fine. You're hurting, but that's not an injury. You, you're hurt. Well, you know. There's a difference between I'm hurt and I'm injured, right? All right. As we transition into the end of this, okay. I, I, we had lunch together today. Yes. And we both ate what we yes what what we were told that we should never eat, which is bread. <laughs> you can have carbs in life. That was that even a bun? No. I mean, honestly, that was tiny. But I, I did I mean, that on purpose. That for might you. have only been twelve calories. I did that on purpose for you. I, I'm okay. But here's the deal. <laughs> There's bread every time you turn your head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It don't matter if you're in a convenience store, a supermarket, a restaurant, a bakery, yep. a cafeteria, a hospital. I mean, you name it, bread is everywhere. Yep. Starch carbs, okay? Yep. My mindset is it's everywhere. I can discipline myself and maintain a good lifestyle mm -hmm. to where I can eat that once in a while mm -hmm. and it not affect me. But the, mind, the mindset of the guys that are in really, really good shape at our age are zero starches like i'm looking at guys that are in their mid-50s like a, a buddy of mine that is a businessman down he's shredded okay and he will not eat starchy carbs he has yep. one cheat day a week and he'll eat some ice cream yeah i don't know if i want that in life i want to end this conversation as we transition okay. into part three because we're going to start next conversation on the next episode with rob on nutrition at our okay. age and how important it is because a lot of aesthetics are your nutrition and your caloric intake and your diet to work out until you're blue in the face yep if you don't eat right you're ruining it <laughs> right. you drink too much you're ruining it yep is it okay for us to have a hamburger with a bun once in a while or do we have to have this mindset or develop this lifestyle i should say of cutting that all out of our lives should i be looking at that into my late 40s did you look at it like that ever? Or is it okay if you're active to enjoy life and have that balance and eat a burger, eat a plate of lasagna once in a while, have a hoagie, have a Philadelphia cheesesteak sandwich once in a while, as mm -hmm. long as you don't abuse it. Yeah. Most of the time I take the meat out of it. I'll eat a little of the cheese and the yeah. meat and the peppers and I won't even look at the bun. Yeah. But I feel lame doing it. I feel <laughs> weird doing it. Like today, I really was like, I'm just going to eat this burger. But then I saw you with the bun, and I saw Tom with the bun. I'm like, I'm eating a freaking bun. Yeah. And it was good. It's, it was that's how good. a hamburger's it supposed to be eaten. It was. Just tell, let's end it by, can we eat? Now, okay, look, I'm sure it has something to do with how overweight we are, how unhealthy we are, how much do we want to cut out, how many pounds are we trying to lose. Yep. But 
unrealistic thinking tells me that if you go on a crash course, no carb diet, yeah. and then all of a sudden you lose 30 pounds and then you're like, oh shit, I'm going to start eating again. It comes right back if you don't change yeah. your weight training and your, and your, and your fitness. Correct. Can you and I get away with that right now? Or is it dangerous to even eat a little bit of bread? And should we cut it all the way out? No. I know you like to eat just like I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, if I'm going to be straight up honest with you, Chad, I think I maybe mentioned this last time. If I go to a restaurant, somebody's like, oh, man, don't look at what I mean. I'm like, dude, I'm having a burger, too. Don't I'm going to eat the fries. So I guess it goes back to your goals. Can you do that? periodically and and get away with it yeah without a doubt if you did that all the time so seven days out of week you're having bread or or let's let's make it more simplified a simple sugar okay you start eating more simple sugars something that's processed in the middle of the grocery store the more of that you eat the the more troublesome right it's chemically manufactured lots of sugar the whole thing we need to minimize that do we have to completely go away from it I, I don't think so. I mean, it's okay. We're here for a short period of time. We might as well enjoy life, right? So you can be that extreme. What are your goals? What do you want to do? I think a lot of times when people come in, Chad, and they just want to lose some weight, if they go that extreme, number one, it's not easy to do. But if they go that extreme, most of the time what I see is they will rebound and go back to that lifestyle. So can we get to where we just modify it change it a little bit and then start to get better and better as we go that to me is going to be a lot longer term fix than this let's shortly go through and blow it all up and and there are a small group of people that can probably get rid of it and get rid of it forever most of the people i see most people you see most people we hang out with that's probably not the case so let's modify it let's tweak it let's do something that's sustainable long term rather than some crazy quick fix that I'm not going to be able to do. Okay. So next time, part three, we're going to start with interval fasting. Okay. I guess that'd be called intermittent fasting. Intermittent. Yep. Intermittent fasting. Yep. Caloric intake for an active lifestyle at our age. Okay. I think a lot of our listeners are younger than me. Okay. So we might have to apply it also maybe in the 30s also 25 yeah. to 35 somewhere in there because you know what is a good amount of calories if you're active i'm always hungry okay and i feel like i perform better when i'm not when i when i'm not a headache caused by low caloric intake dehydration i want to talk about hydrating and how yeah. important water intake is um and the overall uh, the overall just idea of nutrition mixed with a steady and consistent workout program because I don't want to, I, I want to enjoy foods. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy meals. I love to cook, but I also find myself being very stressed out a lot of the times. And I think I cause myself stress yeah. because I want to look the best I can. Cause looking at myself on TV, I'm like, holy shit, I don't look good. And then I asked that person right there. I'm like, you see that? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like you're all, we're always so much harder on ourselves. And then when totally. I see myself on TV every week, I'm like, God dang, I can do better than this. <laughs> yeah. But I'm seeing something that other people aren't, which is a, is 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 a, a different deal. You know, like that's a it's a weird concept of like I'm looking at a TV show breaking down video in the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, that's all that I can concentrate and focus yeah. on. Yep. And they're not even thinking about that, right? Because they're, they're looking like, at the whole picture. Yes. Yeah. And when I ask him after, I'm like, did you see how bad I looked? And she's like, what do you shut the hell up? <laughs> You're such a 
dork, right? But right. I want to look good. Yeah. But I think that we I've had podcasts on here with my buddy John Kerry about keeping the pressure on. I want to keep the pressure on myself, but I also want to enjoy stuff. Yep. So I want to start off next time and do a little study and homework on intermittent fasting. Okay. Is it smart to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and go for a 9 o'clock workout on one cup of coffee, black coffee, and not put a calorie in my body until noon? Because that's what I do a lot of days. Okay. I did not eat one calorie today until I saw you, which was noon or yep. after, yep. and I had my first calorie of the day. Okay. Okay. I worked out with you yesterday. Pretty good workout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, a really lean broccoli and steak dinner last night. Thinking if I had any other carbs besides the broccoli. No, I had green salad, broccoli, and steak. Okay. A little tiny bowl of it, and I woke up freaking starving today. Okay. And I never ate until noon. I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if the payoff is worth it is my point. Okay. Am I really going to get my eight-pack by doing that or look better or feel better when I'm starving like that and then waiting that much longer to eat? Now, they mm-hmm. say there is scientific proof that intermittent fasting does work. Mm-hmm. But what is it really working what am I really doing? Saving some calories because I don't feel as good in the morning if I don't get a little bit of calories in me before I go work out. And I also don't know how healthy that is. Yeah. So work out on an empty stomach. may not work for you, right? May not I work mean, for me. uh, you know, because some of it is just about how you feel. Can, can you get a full workout in on an empty stomach? Yeah. I feel the Most same way. I, workouts, I feel like I, feel... I have to have something on board yeah. to really put forth an effort. Yeah. So let's talk about that next time, part three. Deal. With Rob Canaster, Sierra Strength and Speed. I like these kind of podcasts. It gets me thinking. Just staying in that zone of challenging yourself and keeping the pressure on. I think that we have to do that to ourselves. I don't want to take a freebie. I don't want to take shortcuts. you got to self-discipline. Not everybody is built that way or wired that way, but I honestly think we all have it in our psyche to want to take care of our bodies and not beat them up or abuse them. And sometimes we go down a road or a loophole or a rabbit hole that it's too late to come back sometimes. And we got to get it and nip it in the butt now, whether it's uh, something that you'd think is wrong on your body, like Rob had this little issue with his ear, went and nipped it in the butt, could save his life. Working out can save your life. Eating right can save your life. Quitting smoking can save your life. Drinking a little bit less can save your life. Life is precious, like Rob just alluded to. We're only on this earth a few trips around that sun. It could be over in a heartbeat. It seems like time just keeps speeding up, even though I know that world clock is staying the same speed. It does, man. It's just like you can't fit enough fun in this life, enough activity, enough passion in this life, unless we take care of ourselves and live into our 80s and 90s with good health and good mental capacity. And that's what I'm trying to do. So hopefully y'all are getting something out of these podcasts with Rob. We'll be back with part three. Rob, thank you. Thank you. Let's go work out. Let's go. Do you have a good one planned for me today? Let's do it. Legs. I'm feeling strong. Legs. Oh, legs. God, legs. legs. I'll let you know how I feel tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Leaf Loft and take us out. What you going to do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last too long. So what you going to do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than is hell without a soul life on earth won't last that long what you gonna do when the money's all gone say life on earth won't last that long what you gonna do when the money's all gone